Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from December 11th, 1982, as taped on December 8th, 1982, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last. It's my pleasure to be with you once again. And joining me like he does each and every week from Booking the Territory, the unprofessional podcast, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. It's a little bit different, and we're going to get into a lot of why I say that. I will say I neglected to mention something last week, so my apologies. Um, Poor Hank. He's still well over to the left side of the building in like row two or three, and you'll miss him if you're not looking for him or don't know where to look. So I wanted to mention that because I feel like I did Hank some injustice last week when I didn't mention where he was. So uh, the Hank watch continues, and um, yeah, poor Hank, man. Uh, he's been banished to row two and three. I wonder why. But anyway. I actually put in my notes, no Hank, because I didn't notice him at first. And then finally I saw him in a tight shot of the far side of the ring. Oh, you, you you will miss him. He is banished. It's like he's on on some island over there, and he's I I don't know. I, it it makes me wonder if if Watts was like, dude, if you're not going to react, you need to go sit over there in row three and get out of the hard camera. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm I'm having fun when I say that. I don't think Bill Watts really said that, but at the end of the day, it just makes me wonder why all of a sudden, after you know, close to a year of of sitting in the same shot. He's now uh, way over almost in the middle of nowhere where you can't see him. Well, let's hear now the show open, Mike. Here is Boyd Pierce and Paul Bosch from Houston, Texas, opening the show with some big Mid-South wrestling news. A lot of exciting action coming up for you. Tag team action sends popular stars Mr. Olympia and Chavo Guerrero as partners. Also, Mr. Wrestling 2, the new Mississippi heavyweight champion, having won that title on November the 27th in the Jackson Coliseum in Jackson, Mississippi. Stagger Lee, the new North American heavyweight title holder, he gained the crown at the Superdome on Thursday night, November the 25th. Also, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne, the Mid-South Tag Team Champions, are here. Mr. USA, Tony Atlas from Roanoke, Virginia. Gorgeous Gino Hernandez. A lot of great action because they're all top stars. And talking about top stars, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you about a man that's a successful promoter in Houston, Texas, the fourth largest city in the United States, in the arena and outside of the arena. He's great and known everywhere for his charitable activities to such groups as the Boys Clubs, the Rotary Clubs, and all the others. Besides that, he's the dean of professional wrestling announcer, 34 consecutive years, never missing a week on television. That means only one man. That's Mr. Paul Bosch. Paul, our guest commentator, welcome. Thank you, Boyd. And I do have some trouble. I can't get this uh, earphone over my cauliflowered ear. I don't have that trouble because I don't wear them in my program. Maybe that's why I stayed on for 34 years. Uh, we are going to have action tonight, and certainly in Mid-South, action is busting out all over the place. Uh, recently affiliated with Mid-South, Houston is well pleased with all of the things that come from the Mid-South area, and we think you people are pretty lucky. And we, our association is going to be a fruitful one for the fans, particularly because some of the wrestling talent here cannot be equaled any place else in the world. And that was the reason for our affiliation at the time. And as our guest commentator, we're looking forward to your articulate commentary coming up. Well, there you hear it, Boyd Pierce and Paul Bosch opening up the show. Paul Bosch, delighted to have Houston Wrestling connected with Mid-South Wrestling. But some big news 
New Mississippi State champion, Mr. Wrestling 2. We'll hear more about that later in the show. And new North American champion, Stagger Lee. This is really big news, Mike. Yeah. It, wow, how things were so different back then when you really think about it. I mean, we're it's that that Stagger Lee won that title November 25th, 1982 at the Superdome. And here we are December 11th and, you know, we 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 technically get the news for the first time. Just a a, a different world than, than the one we live in now where we literally get things uh, right after they happen, uh, a millisecond after it happens, it's around the world. So uh, huge news uh, when you consider it. I couldn't remember if we had mentioned that he had won on this show before. So a stagger Lee being he. Um, and also, I was trying to remember, did we go over the, the Superdome extravaganza results? Because, I mean, we've we've done a couple of shows that like took place technically after the Superdome uh, the extravaganza on the 25th. So I was wondering if we actually gave the full results. Uh, did you do you remember doing that? I don't remember. I thought we may have two weeks ago, but now you have me doubting myself. Yeah, me too. I do too many shows and I never forget. Remember what I talk about on which show. That's the problem. It's not that I feel like I've talked about it. I just don't know if it was this show. So I, I have the results, Brian, if you actually want me to run them down real quick. Yeah, please. So Tim Horner defeated Mike Bond. Mike Sharp beat Marty Lundy. Princess Victoria beat Lalani Kai. Bob Roop defeated King Cobra. Mil Mascaris and Chavo Guerrero beat Tully Blanchard and Gino Hernandez. Mr. Wrestling 2 beat Mr. Olympia. Um, that's what it says. That feels like a, a weird result, though. Um, Mid-South Tag Champs, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne beat Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts. Tony Atlas beat Mid-South Louisiana Champ Jim Duggan via countout. And Stagger Lee, as we just heard, beat Ted DiBiase to win the Mid-South North American title. So there are those results uh, from the November 25th, 1982 episode. Uh, not episode, but Superdome card. Well, again, the weird result, Olympia losing to Wrestling 2, that is the Mississippi title change. They say later in the show that it was a technical match in Jackson, Mississippi, but that Mr. Wrestling 2 defeated Mr. Olympia. So babyface versus babyface, I'm assuming similar to what went down in the Superdome. Um, That would make a lot of sense. And then one other note, the um, results that I have says that the Superdome drew 15,000 that night. So... Um, not the biggest crowd you'd have for a Superdome card, but still 15,000 in that big building for a regional promotion I, to me is still a nice card. So there you go. Well, Boyd Pierce then shoots to an interview that Paul Bosch did earlier with Hacksaw Duggan about a title he wants brought back. Let's hear this right now. Bosch had an interview with Hacksaw Jim Duggan referring to the Brass Nucks Championship. Let's watch that right now. Here at ringside with Hacksaw Duggan. Now, that's Duggan with two G's and one belt. Yes, sir. That's right. And, Paul, I'm glad you're out here today because I understand that you're an inventor of something that I would very much like to have. Though I do have this nice, shiny Louisiana State Wrestling Championship belt, I actually feel kind of bare. I feel like I need something over the shoulder, something that really amplifies Hacksaw Duggan and Hacksaw Duggan's wrestling style. And I understand that you're the man who first brought out the Brass Knuckles Championship. And as long as I've been here in Louisiana, I buy these nice fancy damn programs. I open it up, and there's Cowboy Bill Watts as a Brass Knuckles Champion. Cowboy Bill Watts won the Brass Knuckles Championship, and he held it 
until he retired from the ring. I understand that. I understand that he defended it very well. He was a rough and tough guy, my type of guy that I like. That's why I want the belt reinstated. That's why Hacksaw Duggan wants a shot at that belt. Bring that belt out of retirement. Bring Cowboy Bill Watts out of retirement. Bring somebody out of retirement. Bring Hacksaw Duggan, that brass knuckles belt that he much deservedly belongs to him more than anyone else here in Mid-South. Now, excuse me, now I got to talk about this Tony Atlas who's going to take me out in the ring and a championship. And that's about all the time you have uh, right week, now to talk. Well, I may have given Hacksaw Duggan a short answer, but the truth of the matter is that the Brass Knucks title was invented to signify the toughest wrestler in the world. He right could now, qualify. Right now, Paul, Hacksaw Duggan is in the ring. Let's go for the introduction of the opening match. Well, there we hear it, a Hacksaw Duggan interview with Paul Bosch. Houston, a long history with the Brass Knucks title. It was a title listed in Mid-South programs as being held by Cowboy Bill Watts, even though he was retired. He wants it brought back. He wants to be the Brass Knucks champion. Any thoughts on this? I always liked the the Brass Knucks title for what it was worth. It just felt back then like as a kid, I always just thought it was, man, you got to be a tough guy because that's the Brass Knuckles title in my in my and in my mind. I felt like that meant a lot more than just, oh, a wrestling match, because if you're a Brass Knuckles champion, that means you're just that tough so i always like that fact i don't it's a good point you made about the title still being in the in the magazine or whatever or in the programs as watts still holding it even though watts had been retired for a while at this point technically pro wrestlers never retire though right brian so there's that (laughs) um it's it's just just what are you saying mikey about to make a comeback hell no (laughs) um but but um Podcasting is much, uh, much more. Um, uh, how can I say it? Podcasting about classic wrestling is much more enjoyable, yes. and I'll, I'll leave it at that. That definitely. But I just thought it was funny too. At the end, like I, I felt like was there some type of time constraint? I mean, Bosch cuts off Duggan as he's trying to give his finishing thoughts on Tony Atlas. It, that that felt a little weird. But other than that, I thought Duggan was good as usual, and I just like the way Duggan just—he's so crazy in these promos, and sometimes he doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But he's such a goofball, and just ah, you know, he's the way he screams and yells and looks at the camera. I, I just, I always, I always think Duggan's gold in Mid South. Yeah, he's great here. And coming out of this, we get him in a match: the Louisiana State Champion Hacksaw Duggan versus Lester Parks, with Alfred Neely as the referee. They say it's Alfred Neely. It still looks like the bootleg Alfred Neely, <laughs> but Alfred Neely is the referee. Duggan wins with a spear. Do you have any notes on this match, Mike? I, I can't. This whole referee thing is like a mystery. I don't know how else to say it. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, Brian and I really believe this is not Alfred Neely, even though they'd said it's Alfred Neely. I, I I don't know how else to explain it, so I'll just leave it at that. Paul Bosch on commentary. Do we want to have that discussion now, or do you, would you rather wait until a little bit later in the show, Brian? Let's, let's wait till the next match. Let's get to that right now. So once again, Hacksaw Duggan beats Lester Parks with a spear, and then we get the new Mississippi State champion, Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Mike Bond with Rick Ferreira as the referee. The crowd is rather subdued during this match and during the TV taping. And I have to say, one of the reasons may be the fact that this entire match is basically Mr. Wrestling 2 working a headlock on Mike Bond. 
to the point where it almost looked like a shoot. Like, I'm going to put you in this headlock, kid. Let's see if you can figure out how to get out of it. Like, it's nonstop headlock during this match. But here's Paul Bosch with a few notes about Mr. Wrestling 2's recent harassment. Two, 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 two. I tell you, every arena in the country knows that two, two, two signal wherever Mr. Wrestling 2 goes and that unique style of his that uh, is probably an exasperation to most of the people whom he defeats. But as he sees it, it's an encouragement to him. He is different from other people. He's having a tough time right now because he is being vandalized in a strange way. Markings all over his equipment. His masks have been desecrated with a yellow streak by somebody who evidently has a yellow streak because uh, Wrestling 2 has tried to entice the man who, or woman or person who is doing the vandalizing and using graffiti on his uh, equipment to come forward, but none of them would. When he protected his own masks, they used facsimiles of his mask and wrote nasty things on them. So two right now has a problem. Somebody's trying to uh, use a little psychology on him, and of course it could revert to a reverse psychology. Well, there you hear it. Some words from Paul Bosch about what Mr. Wrestling 2 is going through, being harassed, having his masks vandalized. Any thoughts here on this, this match, or Paul Bosch on commentary, Mike? So I mentioned last week we were, we were talking about Paul Bosch on commentary, and, and the thing was throughout this episode, he does all right right there. He's, you know, he's kind of giving the backstory about 2's mask being vandalized and 2 being stalked. I, I don't think Paul Bosch, was bad at all on commentary. He he's not Watts, obviously, and again, that's that's the person we're used to here. Um, Bosch does a to me. He's he feels like he's really good at like slowly calling the match, the holes, what's going on technically in the match. He's he's an older gentleman at this point, but he, he it feels like he does a good job of actually just if you're looking for somebody like almost straight up call a match. No, no, really, like flair, pizzazz to it. I feel like Bosch was really good at that, and that's not a bad. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But when you're used to Watts, you're not. It's just a change, and you're like, oh, this is different. And I, there's probably a lot of people out there who, you know, they grew up on Houston wrestling and they like Bosch on commentary there. And again, that's why I say it. it's all about what you grow up on and what you're exposed to first that you kind of get used to. But I just felt like I feel like Bosch was just slow and methodical in his call. And he really called it as a matter of fact type match where it's just the holes, it's the moves. And he's not given a ton of background throughout the rest of this program. Now he did right there a little bit with two. I'm not saying he never does it. So don't quote me wrong there, but I just feel like Bosch was just more of a straight up straight lace. I'm gonna call what I'm seeing in the ring and we'll go hole from hole spot to spot. And that's it. Um, Brian, what, what were your thoughts? I guess that's a way to look at him. He he calls some things that you don't hear normally called. At one point, I forget which match it was now, someone went for a slam, and they went to pick up their opponent, and the way he called it was he said, and there's a crotch hold into a slam. And I'm thinking, a crotch hold? You don't really hear that too often on wrestling. Yeah, that's a new one. (laughs) A crotch hold. Okay, yeah, uh, that's a new one. I guess uh, 
there's nothing else to say about this match, really. Wrestling two wins with a knee lift. Do you have any other notes? What did you think about the long headlock? Yeah, I I had the same thing you had. He just, it was like two just was trying to teach him a lesson. I don't, he had him in that headlock for, for a long time. They rolled around the ring in it. He, he just had him in a headlock for a while before two finally wins with the knee lift. That's all I can really say about it. Well, coming out of that, Mike, we get another Paul Bosch interview. This one being with Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. And Ted DiBiase is livid over what's been happening in Mid-South. Let's hear this right now. Stagger Lee, the new North American heavyweight champion, will be in action in our next match. But earlier, our guest commentator, Paul Bosch, talked with Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. And the center of controversy on that interview was Stagger Lee, Paul. Is it Stagger Lee or JYD? Ted DiBiase has his own ideas. All right. Let's watch and listen to what they had to say. With me at ringside and devoid of belts, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. And Ted... You have something to say about that. The reason I'm here, Mr. Bosch, is because I want to talk about the North American heavyweight title, of which I was not beaten. I was robbed of. I was assured that if I took the mask off of Stagger Lee, and it was, in fact, the junkyard dog, that he would be suspended not for 90 days, but no less than one year. I did this. I took the mask off of him. It was, in fact, the junkyard dog. There was press at ringside taking pictures. All of a sudden, I can't find a photographer. I can't find one picture of the junkyard dog. Matchmaker Grizzly Smith says, I didn't happen to see that match. Now, have you ever known Grizzly Smith to miss a major title match? No. And Boyd Pierce, the voice of Mid-South Wrestling, was at ringside, got up and turned his back and said he didn't see it. And he was right there. My word doesn't seem to be any good, though. Now. Now. The reason I'm bringing this to your attention, Mr. Bosch, is because I know that you are a fair man. You dealt with my father in the past, and I want a rematch. I want the chance to prove this again, and I know if I can get him in the ring, I can prove it again, that it is, in fact, the Junkyard Dog. If I can get this match in Houston, Texas, I know that you would be unbiased and would deal with it fairly, and justice would be served. Well, it just depends. We'll see what we can do about it. Paul Bosch. As you'll learn, you know me through the years, the people in the Mid-South area watching know that I tell it just like it is. I was in the Superdome on Thanksgiving evening. I was at ringside during that championship match, as Ted DiBiase said, between he and Stagger Lee. But I did not see who Stagger Lee was, because when the unmasking started, I turned my back, talking to the policeman, because I don't have the time to be a star witness before Mr. Charlie Lay, the president of the Mid-South Wrestling and when I turned around to the ring, the count was one, two, three, and the winner was Stagger Lee, who is a new North American heavyweight champion. Right now, let's go to the ring for the introduction of the next match. Well, there you hear it, Mike. DiBiase livid over losing the North American title to Stagger Lee. Says he had him unmasked. Everyone saw it was the junkyard dog. He cannot find anyone to back this up other than Matt Bourne. Cannot find any of the photos. And maybe my favorite little detail, because it pissed off DiBiase so much is that Boyd Pierce got up and turned around and wouldn't look at the ring. And then Boyd Pierce has to explain why he did that. This is great stuff here. This is one of the best DiBiase promos we've seen so far. So DiBiase and Bourne are gold, and I really like what they do there where DiBiase says, look, I unmasked them, but there's nobody there to photograph it, or there's no photographs of it, I should say. And then DiBiase is, of course, begging Bosch to get a match for Staggerly in Houston, and 
But I, at the end of the day, when they come back to the to the Irish McNeil, I got to throw a flag on Boyd Pierce because, like, I don't know, maybe in in like 2019 context, he's a baby face and he he's makes this terrible excuse. He's like, well, when the mask came off, I turned around and talked to a police officer. So and then he says, I ain't got no time to be a star witness. What? <laughs> Well, that was his reason. No, he said that was his reason. I turned around and talked to a police officer because I don't want to be a star witness. <laughs> I feel it's like the worst excuse under the sun. But I mean, I guess it's a baby face move. I don't know. It it felt like almost like a heel move to me in 2019 terms. Like when I'm saying when you watch it and you go, man, that feels kind of heelish, boy. Did you really just say that? But I guess he is protecting you know, Stagger Lee and JYD when he says that, because he's like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be no part of this. I'm just, I'm not here for no trouble, officer. You know, I just, I just, I'm going to turn around and talk to this nice officer right here because I don't want to be a star witness. But I just, I don't know, man. It, you didn't feel like that felt kind of like, really, boy? Did you just say what you said the way you said it? Well, he only tells it like it is, as we all know, <laughs> every week. It is, you know, one of the big things that shows you the difference between Mid South and 84 and Mid South here. In 84, there would have been a camera there filming it. We would have seen clips of it on TV. Uh, Yeah, because they never really show anything from the Superdome during this era. I mean, I, I'm trying to think from what we've seen so far. We haven't seen anything. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're right there. And this but isn't just got- from the Superdome. I mean, this is a big, this is the North American title change where apparently JYD was exposed as being Stagger Lee and nothing, no footage. No footage, yeah. Yeah, no footage. How about that? Unreal. But Boyd Pierce is wrong, man. That's that's the, come on, Boyd. I need a better excuse. I I I need a better excuse. You t- he Brian. He literally said when the mask came off, I turned to talk to a police officer because I have no time to be a star witness. Well, it sounds like someone. It sounds like someone's on Mr. DiBiase's side over here on the show this week. I mean, look, I'm just saying. You know, I, I'm a, look. I I don't know if Stagger Lee is actually the junkyard dog. As a matter of fact, they're not the same person. Let's go there because we saw him get unmasked on TV, and it was Joe Gaines. Remember that? But I'm just saying. Come on, boy, give me a better excuse, man. I need something better than that. You don't want to be a star witness. And Travis Heckle, if you're listening to this, Stagger Lee is not. Coco, beware. I don't give a damn what you say. I'm tired of hearing it from you, Travis. I had to get that in, Brian. I don't know if you know about that inside joke we got going I, on. I know a little bit about that. Of course, Coco wears Stagger Lee in Memphis later on after the, success, after the success of Stagger Lee in Mid-South Wrestling. We get Stagger Lee in our next match. Once again, two weeks in a row we get this match. Stagger Lee versus Marty Lundy. I'm guessing maybe the future Arn Anderson. They noticed he was really good in there with the JYD, and that's why they did it two weeks in a row. North American champion Stagger Lee comes out in a T-shirt that says, Stagger Lee, or is it JYD? And Alfred Neely, the alleged Alfred Neely, is the referee. Stagger Lee wins with a headbutt. Any notes on this match, Mike? Uh, quick, and he wins with a headbutt, like you said, and the uh, mystery of the referee continues. Uh, but I had the same note as you. Back-to-back weeks, Marty Lundy and Stagger Lee. So, uh, not a bad match. It was it was very quick, though, uh, although he did only win with the headbutt. So, there you go. No thump that time. We said this a few weeks back. It's going to absolutely be true this week. This is going to be the quickest episode we ever do because there isn't much for the rest of this episode 
in terms of audio to play. There's no audio to play and real big notes from the matches. So we're just going to go right through this right now, Mike. The Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus Tim Horner and the returning Buddy Landell with Rick Ferreira as the referee. This is a good match. It goes on for a long time. Eventually, Matt Bourne once again hits the bombs away behind the referee's back. Any notes or thoughts on this match? The only note I have is this is funny seeing Buddy Landell and Tim Horner because I'm sure the first thing that comes to mind for you, well, it comes to mind for me, is Buddy Landell singing Moon River during the I Quit match with Horner in Smoky Mountain. I got Buddy fired from Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 1992. So I, I just, seeing these two tagging together, the, the first thing I thought of when I start, you know, when this match comes up and I'm writing down my notes is Moon River and Buddy getting fired ceremoniously and not coming back until the end of 1994 because he couldn't contain himself as he, um, as he as he as he, he worked over Tim Horner and sang Moon River while he was in a uh, finishing move. But there you go. No, that's the only thing I had from it. The match ended when DiBiase got the figure four on Tim Horner after the bombs away behind the referee's back. And from there, we get our next match. Tony Atlas, Mr. USA versus Tug Taylor. who We have not seen on Mid-South TV in a few months. Alfred Neely, allegedly the referee. Tony Atlas wins after a splash, which comes after a second rope headbutt. Do you have any notes or thoughts on this match, Mike? Uh, literally, if I read you what I have, it would be what you just said. So I have no notes. Our next match, two Houstonians. Gino Hernandez versus Tony Torres. Again, back on Mid-South Wrestling. Rick Ferreira as the referee. Paul Bosch obviously talks a little bit about Gino on commentary, says they don't like each other, but he's been around Gino for the entire seven years of his wrestling career here by this point in 1982. Gino wins with that elbow he used to do off the second rope where he would, I guess, jump backwards. How would you explain that elbow drop? Yeah. Uh, I, the same way you did, man. He he does that elbow drop. And in world class, he would go to the top rope because, you know, he didn't have the restriction, I guess. Um, and I'm talking 84 world class when I remember him doing this. But he'd go to the top rope, but he he literally would do that elbow drop. He would literally fall backwards. So he'd stand facing the post and he'd fall backwards and he would and he would hit the elbow drop on the opponent's you know chest. And, he, and I was trying to think about this, Brian. I think the only other person I remember seeing do that was Dr. Tom in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, hitting that same maneuver. And that, and not that he did it all the time, but I think that was the only other person that I remember seeing doing that finishing move. So anyway, but it, it's basically an elbow drop off the second rope onto Tony Torres. And I'm sure Dr. Tom got it from Gino because Dr. Tom grew up in Houston watching Gino. Pro, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And um, it's just, I, I, and that's another move. You know, we talked about the bombs away with Matt Bourne. I don't ever see anybody hit that nowadays. Not, and I'm, it probably is not like flashy enough for somebody to hit that move. But yeah, you never, you never see that done anymore. We then get our final match this week: Chavo Guerrero and Mr. Olympia versus John and Rick Davidson with Alfred Neely as the referee. The Davidsons attack Chavo and Olympia before the bell. Any thoughts or notes on this match, Mike? Not a ton. I mean, Bosch is good. I'm going to go back to saying what I said a second ago. Bosch is good calling the action, but the show, as you've seen from the last couple of matches, is lacking Watts 
in the storytelling we always talk about. Other than that, I don't have much. Olympia and Chavo win when Chavo hits a tackle from the outside to the of the ring to the inside. Like he dives through the ropes. He's on the apron. He dives through the ropes and he hits one of the the Davidson uh, brothers or guys, and they end up getting the win. That's all I really had from this. And with that. I think we're about 30 minutes in. We wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. There just isn't too much more to report on this week's episode. We're getting towards the end of 1982, and this is kind of just a placeholder episode, even though that DiBiase interview earlier was just fantastic. Mike, any thoughts on this overall episode? No, we're getting to the end of the year, and it feels, um, it does feel like what you said, a little bit of a, a placeholder I mean, if you think about it, we got the DiBiase interview and that was fine, but there's not really like a ton that actually went down in this episode furthering things. We got the news, you know, about Stagger Lee winning the title, but yeah, you don't, you don't really get much, much more beyond that in the DiBiase interview. And, and I want to repeat, Paul Bosch is not bad on commentary. He's just not, he's, it's a placeholder episode and he's just not doing a lot of talking about the current angles. He's literally only during his commentary for me, he's literally only talking about what's going on in the ring, which is not a bad thing. I mean, he's explaining what's going on, but if you're looking for those, you know, watch sound bites and sound drops, you just, you just not going to get them in this episode. If you're watching it, if you, if you even watch it on the network. Well, Mike, as we wrap things up, want to remind everyone, you can follow me on Twitter at great Brian last. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard podcast network on Twitter at super podcasts. The Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network is also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts for classic wrestling talk and wrestling humor, the 605 Super Podcast. want to remind everyone, if you want to access our RSS feed, you can do so by going to midsouthpod.com. And if you listen on iTunes, please, consider leaving us a positive review and a five-star rating. It really does help the show out, and we really do appreciate it. So thank you to everyone who has already done so, and for everyone that will do so after hearing this. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike504Saints. I like to post various clips of the shows uh, that Brian and I are doing here. Different sound, I don't say sound bites, but video clips of the shows that we're discussing, important segments and whatnot. And also, come check out Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner. We do shows twice per week. On Thursdays, we drop our NWA Saturday Night on TBS recap shows from the 80s. And on Sundays, we drop our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts from. Just search Booking the Territory. Or go to tinyurl.com slash BTT pod. The Mid South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally ho!